0: On today's episode, we get into the second of Grimm's Fairy Tales, a story called The Companionship of the Cat and Mouse. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear story sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. My name is Zach Stewart, and here at Shadow Bear, we look at the folk tales, fairy tales, myths, and legends that shape the world as we know it, and then we pick apart just how insanely dark and accidentally hilarious these stories really are. So each week, we'll dig into a new story, and at the end, we'll look past the lessons the story thinks it's teaching to find the lessons it's actually teaching. So let's get right into it with the second stop on our journey through Grimm's Fairy Tales. A story called The Companionship of the Cat and Mouse. What could go wrong? A happy marriage, if there ever was one. We begin. The Companionship of the Cat and Mouse. A cat and mouse wanted to live together, and so they set up a common household. They also prepared for winter and bought a little jar of fat, but since they didn't know of a better and safer place to put it, they stuck it under the altar in the church where it was supposed to stay until they needed it. Couldn't think of any better place to put it than under the altar of a church. Now it was not long before the cat felt a craving for the fat and went to the mouse and said, Listen, little mouse, my cousin has asked me to be godfather for her child. She gave birth to a baby boy, white with brown spots. I'm to hold him at the christening. Would you mind letting me go out today and taking care of the house by yourself? No, no, answered the mouse. Go there, and when you get something good to eat, think of me. Aw, oh, that's quite sweet of the mouse. I sure would like a little drop of that sweet red christening wine. I really feel the mouse wanting that wine. Very vivid. But the cat went straight to the church and licked up the skin off the top of the fat. Pretty Gross. Then he strolled around the city and didn't return home until evening. So the cat goes to the church, eats the fat, and then just struts around town, waiting for the smell of fat to clear off him. Well, I guess he did have some time to kill, considering he was supposed to be at a christening all afternoon. Hopefully the mouse doesn't consult with any of the townspeople. We continue. You must have enjoyed yourself very much, the mouse said. What name did they give the child? Skin off. The cat answered. Skin off? That's a strange name. I've never heard of it before. at least the mouse is onto it. At least the mouse sees that there's something suspicious here. Continuing. Soon thereafter, the cat felt another craving and went to the mouse and said, I've been asked to be godfather once more. The child has a white ring around his body. I can't refuse. You must do me a favor and look after the house. The mouse consented. And the cat went and ate up half the jar of fat. When he returned home, the mouse asked, What name was this godchild given? Half gone. Half gone, you don't say. I've never heard of such a name. I'm sure it's not on the list of proper baptismal names. Now the cat couldn't stop thinking about the jar of fat. So the mouse is clearly on to something being off here. The mouse is clearly aware there's something suspicious going on. just not pushing too hard on the issue we continue. Now the cat couldn't stop thinking about the jar of fat. I've been asked to be godfather again, for a third time. This child's all black and has white paws. Aside from that, there's not a white hair on his body. That only happens once every few years. You'll let me go, won't you? It really is really ballsy to use this same excuse three times in a row. Not even a common excuse, not even like, oh, it's my monthly or bi-weekly family dinner, a christening, and i he's being asked to be godfather. That is bold. Just double down on the godfather thing. Again and again. Continuing. Skin off, half gone, the mouse said. Those are really curious names. I'm beginning to wonder about them. The mouse cleaned the house and put it in order. Meanwhile, the cat ate up the rest of the fat in the jar and came home stout and stuffed late at night. What's the name of the third child? All gone. All gone? Hey now, that's the most suspicious of all the names, said the mouse. All gone? What's it supposed to mean? I've never seen it in print. Upon saying that, the mouse shook her head and went to sleep. Her head? Huh, interesting. Because up until this point, there had been no gender specified for the mouse, only for the cat. Most women have a pretty good radar for shitty male behavior, so I guess this particular mouse just has terrible judgment with the roommate, friend, and living situations. Somehow that just makes the whole thing feel even more predatory. Anyway. Nobody called upon the cat to become godfather for the fourth time. Nobody had called on the cat to become a godfather three times before either. However, soon winter came, and there was nothing more to be found outside, so the mouse said to the cat, Come, let's go to our supply that we stuck beneath the altar in the church. But when they arrived there, the jar was completely empty. Oh, said the mouse, now I know what's happened. It's as clear as day. You ate it all up when you went to serve as godfather. First the skin, then half, then dot dot dot. Shut up, yelled the cat. One more word and I'll eat you up. All gone was already on the tip of the poor mouse's tongue. No sooner did she say it than the cat jumped on her and swallowed her in one gulp. It's almost sadistic, really. It's really like the cat was just toying with the mouse this entire time, and it was all building up to this reveal and murder. Just the cat playing with its food before eating it. Anyway, that's it. That is the end of The Companionship of the Cat and Mouse, an inevitable conclusion, if you ask me. Alright, let's break this down. Pretty quick hitter here. Starts off with the cat and mouse wanting to live together for reasons that are never explained or explored. And that would actually arguably be a better story than the story that we got. How did the cat and mouse want to live together in the first place? How did they become friends? How did any of this happen? Because this is a horribly ill-advised roommate situation. So then they bought a jar of fat together for the house, as roommates do. Couldn't think of any place better to keep it. So they put it under the altar at a church. Cat wants the fat. Hey, I'm godfather. Gotta go. Mouse actually the first time is immediately really cool about it. Doesn't even ask to bring any food back. Just says, go there and when you have something nice to eat, think of me. Pretty cool roommate. Although the mouse is really heavily hinting that she'd like some wine. Really passive-aggressively hinting that she'd like the cat to bring some wine back. I don't think you can take wine from christenings. Maybe she's fishing for an invite, trying to crash that christening for the booze. Either way, cat ignores it. So the cat goes to the church, eats the skin, returns home to report that the child's name is Skin Off. Horrible lie, very suspicious, straight out of the gate. The mouse says, oh, that's weird. The cat repeats the cycle again, half gone, repeats the cycle a third time, and the mouse is clearly catching on at this point. Every time the cat comes back with one of these weird names, the mouse draws attention to how suspicious this is, which you would think would prompt the cat to then change course or come up with a different excuse or stop giving really suspicious names. But the cat continues on with doubling and tripling down on this christening excuse and getting ever more flourishing and weird with these descriptions of these kittens, which is a pretty arrogant way to go about it. But the mouse doesn't really seem to have any recourse, draws attention to how weird all of this is, but can't do anything about it because she's a mouse living with a cat, and the cat knows it. So the cat's just going to keep doing what the cat wants to do. Finally, it's winter, they need the fat, they go there, big dramatic reveal, Cat eats the mouse. The end. So, first of all, why are you keeping your food under the floorboards of a church? What kind of mafia shit is that? How is that the safest place to keep it? Just keep it in your house. Even if the cat hadn't stolen it, someone would have found it and stolen it. It's been established that this is summer in some type of animal village. That fat was probably making that church smell delicious all summer, driving the congregation crazy. To keep that jar secret, That cat would have had to keep the lid very tightly sealed, and I don't think a cat is dexterous enough to pull that off. So the cat eats the fat, comes back and gives these fake names for the kids at the christenings—that it's new godchildren, whatever. Terrible fake names. If you're lying to cover your tracks, come up with some inconspicuous answers. Cats basically just saying the first things that come to mind. It's like Kaiser Soze, except without any type of context or rationalization or backstory to make it. At all believable. He's just saying one word answers, letting the mouse call out how ridiculous it is, and just being like, Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Anyway, see ya. Then the last time, the mouse is like, That's the most suspicious name of all, and then immediately falls asleep. Also, the cat is telling the mouse that he's going to the church, but says that it's for a bunch of christenings, a sequence of christenings, a parade. Of christenings. A festival of christenings, if you will. Why even say that he's going to the church? He could easily say he's going somewhere else, that he's just visiting a friend, going to the park. He clearly has a very active social life if it's at all believable that he'd be asked to be godfather for three children in a span of months. Just make up anything. The mouse clearly isn't following up on any of this stuff. How many christenings could possibly be taking place in this super religious animal village? Just come up with anything else. Mouse is not going to follow up. The only way Cat is getting found out is by a lack of creativity. Also, the mouse clearly feels left out and wants to be invited along. If the cow were clever, he'd bring some wine back, try and pacify the mouse to, to alleviate some of this suspicion. But nope, just going to keep doubling down and ignore the mouse's implications that she'd like some wine. Just get hook hook the roommate up with some wine. Mine solves a lot of problems, alleviates a lot of suspicion. So this also means that the mouse has zero contact with any of the cat's social circle. Because it would be really easy to verify this backstory, this sequence of christenings. The cat says the first one is his cousin. So the mouse could easily just be like, oh, which cousin? I'll send them my well wishes. But no, the mouse doesn't talk to anyone in this animal community. It doesn't seem like the mouse... Has a very active social life at all because the cat just assumes the mouse will just be there taking care of the house while he's gone. And what's with the descriptions also? The cat describes the fur of the fake kitten godchildren as though that's the reason he can't say no to these godfather requests and has to go to the christenings, that these are like one in a million kittens because of the fur. If your cousin has a baby and asks you to be godfather, and one of your main motivations for going to the christening is that the baby looks weird, you're going to be a shitty godfather. And that's on you. That makes you look bad. There are countless red flags here, and the mouse notices them all, but then does nothing about it. And at no point does the mouse check on the fat herself. She ignores all these red flags. She got herself into the situation by agreeing to live with the cat in the first place. Then the cat starts acting suspicious. Time and time and time and time again. The mouse knows and recognizes that these are weird, suspicious actions and calls it out in the moment and then just lets it slide. Gotta take some responsibility for your own safety, mouse. Come on. Evolution in action. Oh, God. Alright, what's the lesson? The intended lesson versus the real lesson. I don't know what the message of this folktale was supposed to be, Maybe pay attention to red flags. If someone's being suspicious or going to a surprising number of the same really specific type of life event, keep an eye on them. Maybe it's that you can't fight nature. Cat's the predator. Mouse is the prey. So the cat was destined to take advantage and eat the mouse. Maybe that's a message. And instead of just eating the mouse straight away, the cat thought maybe he could get a roommate out of it, cover half the rent. Probably convince the mouse to take out the trash, clean the bathroom, and then when food situation got tight in winter, have an extra meal just walking around the house with you. Basically, It'd be a pretty smart plan for the cat. Actually, I mean, based on their dynamic, you know, the cat was probably a terrible roommate, so not that surprising the way it ultimately worked out. So I think that's the intended lesson of the story: is that. Predators will be predators, and prey will be prey, and this is the way of the world. But there's more to it than that. There were plenty of warning signs. The mouse could have avoided being prey. And I don't like the helplessness that that message sends, that there's nothing you can do if you're a predator, you're a predator, and if you're a prey, you're prey. No. Pay attention. That's the lesson here. That's the real lesson. If someone is being suspicious, if someone's being shady, If someone is going to way too many christenings in way too short a period of time, red flag. Pay attention to red flags, trust your gut when something feels wrong, and act on it. Because those cats are out there, don't be a mouse. Or be a mouse and get out when shady shit starts happening. Pay attention. That's the lesson. Alright, let's move on to a section of the podcast called Adaptation, where I will attempt to adapt this folktale into a movie or a TV show. I feel like this one's a movie. It's pretty concise, pretty clear beats to the story. We've got the lovable, trusting mouse. We've got the conniving cat who seems friendly, but then turns so for the mouse, we're going to go with Kristen Bell. I feel like she's a good, lovable, sweet, hard-in-the-right-place sort of character. And for the cat, we're going to go Bill Hader, because he can be lovable, he can put on the nice face, but as we've seen in Barry, he definitely flip that switch and get violent real fast, and I feel like that's going to make for a really nice scene at the end when he flips and turns on her. So of course it can't actually be a mouse and a cat. We're not gonna go animated with this. We're gonna get dark, gonna get gritty. So they're two roommates, they're friends, they trust each other. I also really am looking forward to hearing Bill Hader like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to a christening. Oh, it's it's this kid. Looks super jacked up. Gotta be this kid's godfather. It's gonna be great. Oh, I can't wait. And then Kristen Bell, we get some scenes of gradually catching on, gradually getting more suspicious. But then Bill gets home it's like, oh, it's Bill. Oh, he's so lovable. I can't I can't be mad at Bill. Nah, he's he he's alright. And obviously it can't be fat they're storing in the church. So it's gotta be money. Money that they've accumulated together for some some type of a business venture. Like they want to own own a, open a restaurant or a bakery or something like this. They just need to save a little more, and then they can open it. But Bill Hader, meanwhile, is starting to get involved in maybe gambling. Maybe he has some gambling debts. Maybe he's starting to buy and sell drugs or something nefarious. So he keeps going back and taking some of the money to to fund these illicit endeavors. And then finally, they get to a point where Kristen Bell is like, Oh, we've got this, the the right amount of money. Let's go get it from the church under the floorboards, and open up this bakery, and our, all our dreams will come true. And then they get to the church, and then they open up the floorboards, and they see that the money's gone, and Bill says, oh my god, someone must have gotten here first. But then we see that Kristen's going over everything in her head, and she, and she realizes what's going on. And we see a montage of her putting everything together in her head, and she looks up to Bill, and Bill sees it in her eyes. She knows it was him. She says, where is it, Bill? Where's the money? What have you done? What have you done, Bill Hader?" And then he turns from nice cat to to mean cat and says, This is the way of the world. Don't you get it? Toughen up, mouse. Not everything's sunshine and rainbows, Kristen Bell. You're either the predator or the prey. And then she says she has to turn him in. She has to do what's right. He has to face the consequences. But of course, he can't accept that. He won't go down for this. So there's a struggle. And then in a dramatic moment, in a big crescendo, he pulls out a gun and pop, pop. Maybe a bullet goes through a wick of a candle and the candle goes out. And then the camera pulls back as he's dumping the body into the floorboards under the altar. Fade to black. The end. So yeah, there you go. That's how we would adapt it. That's what we would do. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. I'll see you next week where we'll dig into a story titled The Virgin Mary's Child. I didn't realize that there were religious overtones like this in Grimm's fairy tales. I don't remember them being religious in any way. I mean, this story of the cat and mouse, there was a church, but the church was the location for theft and murder, so not really super favorable light to be putting the religious overtones in anyway next week we'll get into this virgin mary's child story see what that's all about so don't forget to subscribe rate review all that great stuff helps us out in a major way so we can keep on rolling we love you for it so thanks for tuning in i'm zach stewart and i will see you next week on the shadow bear story sessions